Today on the show, we revisit yesterday's talk with the vegan cyclists and discuss something that he brought up, a pushback to new ideas. We then bring in the esteemed and popular Juliana Hever, who has us all inspired just to do better. And then it's Sarah's news as she bumps Ariana Grande to discuss Jovak Nokovic and his forced withdrawal from the U.S. Open. But first, let me tell you about NextWave. Yeah, NextWave Services is a website design company that provides high-quality website design and maintenance work for businesses at a Well, hello, hello, rate. and welcome Next on into the, the Real Men Plants podcast. What is up? My name is Rich Reynolds, joined as always by the lovely and talented Sarah Carlson and the usually styling Eric Rogers here on the program. You can find us at realmenplants.com. Hit that support button. Take the 30-day challenge. Read the blog. Check them you can out find online us all over at uh, social media, YouTube as well. Eric is way at back Eric Rogers Brand. Which Sarah, by the way, is at New Sarah. I, I don't know why I can't spit that out. Long, and long I am time. at RMEP Wave. So services. welcome on in, everybody. I am still buzzing. I was listening uh, last night to the Vegan Cyclist interview once again. And I just love that guy. And for those of you that don't know, like right after the interview, he's like, hey, if you ever want to do like a three to four hour long interview, I could do that too. And I don't doubt that he can. Easily. Yeah, Easily. because <laughs> I, I think we might have asked him four or five questions total. And that filled an hour. Uh, and he just was off of my I absolutely love that. You know, I mean, I love a guy that, you know, has but it's not thought, useless and content, you know, like that was right, right. He was worthwhile really stories. It's well, no you, wonder you, he can bike like that so well for so long. He, yeah, you, you got to figure. Yeah, he's on that bike for so long and he's riding and there's nothing else to do but think. And he's thinking about this stuff. I mean, he's got a lot of thoughts on life and what he does. And I think it was all pretty incredible. And there was one actually that kind of stood out to me because it's been something that I think I've been facing a lot um, ever since I decided to go vegan a couple of years ago. I think people face in life. But he was telling a story about how he felt better when he started eating. This was before he was vegan. He felt better when he started eating more fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. And so on his plate, there more and more was like fruits and vegetables and less and less meat till it got to the point that he had a very small piece of meat on his plate. Everybody was fine with that. Once he took that small piece of meat off the plate, that's when people started getting angry with him. All of a sudden, you know, hey, how are you going to get your protein? And hey, you know, you're going to waste away to nothing and all of this kind of stuff. Or you're too skinny. He started getting all of these comments um, once he did that one little move, that one little tweak. And it, 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 he got tons of pushback on it. And I was thinking to myself, why the pushback? Like I'm going through in my head why you think that pushback is. And my well, thought it's, is it's this. The same, so my- it's the same pushback as, as alcohol. Like we, we, we asked him about his beer preferences and he says he doesn't drink. And he was, it sounded like he was almost hesitant to bring that up because it's more ammunition for people that for whatever reason might not like him or cycling or whatever. And it's all oh, you vegan people don't, you know, you don't like beer. You don't like anything good. You just eat grass. Like it's, you know, one of those conversations I think is where he was kind of going with that. There is some truth to that because I've heard people say, say yeah, but there there have been people that have said, I don't trust anybody who doesn't drink or, you know, and I'm like, how the hell does that work? You know, I mean, just because someone decides that they don't want to drink alcohol, now they're not trustworthy. I mean, I would almost think they'd be more trustworthy, well, yeah, uh, at least to drive, you know, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, so I he- was I was married to someone who doesn't drink and still doesn't to this day. My daughter looks at her dad and goes, I want to be like that. I'm never going to drink. And she's 17. And most people would laugh and go, yeah, she's just saying that. No, she's really not interested. Just not. Cool. And you I know say, what? great. Where do you? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, listen, I've had some fun times drinking. I ain't going to lie, all right? But I will say this as well. I never felt better the day after I drank than a day that I don't. Dude, uh, I mean, yes. <laughs> all right? I don't I think miss that at all. <laughs> right. Drink too right. much. Well, yeah. I'm drinking. Well, I, I mean, exactly. Well, in, in Wisconsin, so here, here, here's the difference, because I lived in Arizona for a little while, and I remember we would get ready to go out somewhere, me and a bunch of friends and, you know, my wife and stuff, and I would drink, like, 
four or five beers before heading out. And these people in Arizona are looking at me like, what the hell, dude? Like, you're going to drink that before you leave? And I'm like, um, I just came from Wisconsin where I was living for the last 20 years. Like, this is the warm-up, man. <laughs> you know, we're, we're just getting going here. We got a designated driver, right? Okay, I'm going to be fine. This is, you know, in, in Wisconsin, if I was to do it, I might be considered a lightweight on that warm-up. Or if I was to have, like, four different beers in Wisconsin, I'd be a a connoisseur. Um, But, you know, it's all different, you know, where you are. And, again, I've never never felt better the day after drinking than, uh, you know, after drinking the uh, day before, however the hell that that comes out. Anyways, there's real pushback to it. He realizes that he gets pushback. (laughs) My theory is this. When you tell somebody that you don't, eat plants or I mean you don't eat animals all right so I'm not going to eat meat I'm not going to eat dairy I don't eat uh, fish or something like that people respond negatively because I think it confronts their thoughts on eating so they eat one way all the time now you're eating a different way than they do all of a sudden they're pissed off like how dare you how dare you eat differently than me but then they're faced with their own choices like huh, maybe this crap on my plate isn't the best for me, and they get upset about it because you're mm-hmm. really challenging their lifestyle. Because you don't just you're... go vegan or change your diet for a random reason. Right. And, and, but, right. but the thing is exactly. that nobody's gotten healthier by eating more sausage. I mean, nobody has gotten better and has had better blood tests by drinking more milk. And I, I don't mind being that guy that will stand alone. So I, I, I kind of look at it this way. All right. You could be, and I don't mind standing alone, especially when, when I know I'm right. You could be in a room full of flat earthers. Say there's 200 flat earthers in a room, and they're all trying to tell you that the earth is flat. When you know damn well the earth is round, just like everything else in space, I mean, it's spherical, okay? You could tell the earth is, you know that the sun revolves around it. Hell, Galileo got imprisoned for, you know, stating this. There was such pushback on it, especially from the church, that they were so pissed at him, they put him in jail where he rotted away, okay? But anyways, I could stand in that room. I don't care. People could throw shade at me and tell me that the earth is flat, and I'll stand there and say, you're just wrong. I know I'm right. I don't mind standing alone on something like that. But the pushback that you receive is real. People lose their freaking minds. I, I- Well, and you know what? And Rich, I've been a vegetarian my whole life. I know you've been a vegan for a shorter period of time, and that veganism that, like, that hippie, you know, they uh, they assume that vegans judge others. Now, I've been a vegetarian, and I've had people walk up to me with their burger. You know, this is teenagers, or even that after that, oh, is this gross you out? And I'm like, no, and I'm not, I'm not judging you, and I'm not here <laughs> to judge you. And leave me alone with my grilled cheese. That's let kinda, me let me know. tell you a quick story. Uh, this is from high school, so it was the first time that I ever met anyone who was vegan. Um, so I was dating a girl for a short period of time and we were going to homecoming and we went to dinner and, you know, all my friends, we, you know, we were going as a group. We go to this, uh, this place. I can't remember which, what the restaurant was, but anyway, the appetizer came around and one of my friends decided to order calamari. And I was like, Oh, maybe I'll get some calamari knowing damn well, my girlfriend was vegan. (laughs) And so I'm like, Mm. Oh, you know, and, but I was an asshole. Like I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, Oh, Oh, let me, let me gross her out. And I'm like, give me the, (laughs) the calamari. And so, you know, now it's like, okay, well in hindsight, you know, a, that was an asshole movement and B uh, like she was onto something that, you know, I didn't think about or really consider until now, really, you know, why we're doing the podcast. So, right. And that's the other thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And I I can tell you a million times I'll I'll go out with a group and everyone will be like, yeah, we're going to, we'll split a bottle or two of wine. This used to be with friends. This could have been in my twenties too. And they would order three or four apps, not one that I could touch. And I'm like, really? And I, I occasionally would be like, can we get one of these? But then you're splitting the bill. It's like, come on, man. Not cool. Well, and, and think about any 
anybody who's been successful in in their life like they either have a new idea that they've come up with or they're doing they have a totally different routine or you know maybe it's a little bit out there like oh you're going to meditate every morning that's not really something people do in the United States like you know it's just things that are different and it works for them and i don't think you're going to find too many people who are successful whether that's monetary or just life achievements and they did something that everybody else in the world does all right it's called don't judge works very very well but i have to ask you eric eric yeah there you go i have to ask eric because i've been talking to john about how i can do a 30-day plan and when like you know what would work for us because i don't think he's going to give up meat but he talked about doing the, oh, I don't think I could give up cheese, but I could give up other stuff. And I'm like, oh, I've got him going in a direction. Eric, since we started this, have you had, hmm, maybe I'll try, like you won't promise yourself or anyone else that you're going to become vegan, but have you thought about heading in that direction? I'm just very curious. To go 100% vegan? No, to try like just maybe vegetarian for, or something. Um, or eat I, meat once a week. I actually try every day to do something that is um, either vegan or vegetarian. So okay. whether that means like I used to have like every morning, like it's boring. I have cereal every morning. Like, I don't know what that says about me, but I have cereal and I've switched from regular dairy milk to almond milk. So I have almond milk every morning um, for dinner. Instead of a glass of dairy milk, it might be oat milk or some other kind of beverage. So it's like milk was the easiest thing to get rid of. Um, yeah. I think the hardest part is going to be removing like cheese from, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to get a, even if it's a plant-based burger or something, I can do that, but I, it's hard to go with a plant-based burger and not have cheese on it. So that's where I'm kind of stuck if I want to go hundred percent. Yeah, me too. The cheese thing. We talked about that <laughs> already recently. It's, it's killing me, but I'm going to try. I, have, I don't I haven't decided when yet. I'll let you know. All right, time to tell you about Veg Reg. Yeah, VegReg.com helps you find plant-based restaurants and businesses in just one click. And if you are a vegan-friendly business, they can help you get found. If you're searching for healthy, cruelty-free meal options in your local area, Veg Reg is the perfect solution. Another great thing about Veg Reg, they have recipes. And when I say recipes, I mean real recipes. A bacon lover's BLT. Cookie dough protein bites, penne arrabbiata. Now, that's the entree and not the character from The Sopranos. And even a vanilla bean. That's vanilla bean, he said, cheesecake. And they are all plant-based. You can also find Spotlight Vegan Businesses and more when you click on over to vegreg.com. I would say tell them that Rich sent you, but you know, it's a website and no one would hear you. That's vegreg.com. All right, guest time now, and our guest today has authored seven books on nutrition. She's appeared on the Dr. Oz Show, the Steve Harvey Show, E! News, and a lot more. She is the host of the wildly popular The Choose You Now podcast. She has penned peer-reviewed journal articles on plant-based nutrition and holds a Master of Science degree in nutrition as well. Please welcome to the Real Men Eat Plants podcast, the one, the only, Juliana Hever is with us. So, everyone sounds very excited to, to have you on. And Juliana, <laughs> thank you so much for, for coming in today, spending some time with us. Um, you know, I, I saw on the things that you have done, and one of the things that you've done, you've been involved with the eCornell Nutrition Program. Um, and whenever I think of Cornell and nutrition, I think of Dr. Colin Campbell, um, who actually at one point, um, it talks about the fact that he was setting out to prove that nutrition would help, or, or that uh, animal-based animal based proteins. There we go. I could, I could talk today. Animal-based proteins would actually help people. Then he had an aha moment and realized, uh-oh, I'm kind of going in the wrong direction when he was, he was met with new information. I think every vegan has that aha moment. What was yours? What was your aha moment that you said to yourself, Juliana, I'm going in this direction now? Oh, well, for me, it took many, many years to evolve the whole story. And it started with me stumbling upon a book when I was a teenager called Diet for New America by John Robbins. And it was the first time I ever heard about the connection between 
how food ends up on our plate. And at that moment, I was like, I don't want to participate in this. So I decided, and so I just was not having animal products and I was going to eschew animal products, but I didn't know what that meant. And this is of course, before internet and all of that, my parents being good parents as they are, they have what I stayed, what I, I call an event intervention that they staged where they took me to a steakhouse with our friend, a mutual, like a family friend for years, who's a nurse and order deficient in B12 and protein and iron. And she properly scared a teriyaki steak with a pineapple ring on top of it while she told me how I was going to be ending up me. And even though I knew what I had known, like once you know, you can't unknow that first bite, I ended up chewing through that first bite that I'll never forget. And I went back because everyone eats meat and it was okay. This is, I didn't even know what I was doing. And so it must be dangerous. And but I knew that the vegetarians weren't just dropping off like flies. Like there's something to be said about this. Like wh why would I be so scared of this? But I wasn't sure yet. So I knew I needed more information. So I kept studying, I kept reading and reading and reading. And then I eventually long other stories that intertwine. I decided to become, well, I was a personal trainer while I was in graduate school. Juliana, when I found out last week at some point that you were coming onto the show, I started doing my research and I came upon a TED talk that you gave. And these to me are always kind of interesting um, because first, I mean, they take really interesting people to talk about it. So you were able to make that. So congrats on that. Um, what I would like to know is how was it received? Were you in a room of like-minded individuals or was this a group of people that wasn't all vegan, that wasn't necessarily open to it? How, how do you think it, it was received? And is, is that kind of typical about your message sometimes? Is it not always received maybe the, the way that you'd like? Oh, that's no one's ever asked me that question before. I gave that talk, I want to say 2011 or 12. And this was a long time ago. And my parents were in the room, so that helps. <laughs> Not that they're vegan or anything. But I remember looking down. I was very nervous about this because you have to memorize everything and there's no slides or anything. Oh, so it was like, and it was a long, mm. it's a long talk. And I think it was eight minutes or 11 minutes. It was really hard. I remember I practiced it to all my, I know my closest friends because they heard it 8,000 times, you know, just to keep practicing. So, um, but I remember sitting, standing there and in the front row, and now I can't even think of his name, was a producer of a film. He was a, he was a famous um, producer who made a film about called I Am. I can't think of his name right now, but I love that film. And I'd watched it prior, and he was right there in the front of the audience. I was like, oh, my God. Like, that made me almost, like, more nervous. But I, and I don't know how resonant the audience really was because – I mean, how do you know? You know, like there was a bunch of people going one after the other after another. I didn't get any like extra. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know how it was received. But the thing about the TED Talks or the TEDx Talks is that when it goes out there online, you know, you get more, you know, it's more potential for reach because this was a finite audience. Obviously, it was actually great. It was local to where I live. And uh, the the response I've received internationally since then wow. has been extraordinary. And it's still people still talk about it, which I find really exciting because it wasn't a, it wasn't even a, 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 it was so much smaller back then. It was so weird and niche and like, Oh, you crazy vegans. And now there's vegan plant-based everywhere. Like I was the first plant-based dietitian cause that wasn't a thing. And now that's a thing. And so to watch this evolution over 17 years take place is, is extraordinary. So the fact that so many people are watching this and, um, and so many people have, I've done so many things to advance this movement that it's it's a movement indeed, and, and it's, so it's much quite extraordinary. Has changed in terms of you know that time that you know you're going through schooling and all this was was social media and and for sure like TikTok has taken off so much and there's all these different trends, some positive, some not so positive. So when people come to you for advice, how much does the TikTok, do they reference, first of all, do they reference TikTok when they're asking questions? And the second part of that is if they do, does that hurt or help that conversation? Ah, so <laughs> I deal with this with my kids every day, my teenagers every day, but with the TikTok, oh, I learned this on TikTok. Like, oh my goodness, I'm so worried about this generation. But that being said, I I've gotten, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I used to really want to explain myself and I really wanted to prove my point. And I was really one of those people I would spend all this time going back to the references and putting as much references. If you go back to my old Facebook, um, I was putting like 8,000 references in each post. You know, I would do, I would do like a meme and I put some statements and some lot of references to back it up. 
But I think now that it's so ubiquitous and there's so much information out there, and all by the way, there's all sorts of information mm -hmm. out there, all sorts of misinformation, accurate information, interpretations of information that takes it in a whole other direction. So I've gotten to the point where I'm like, you know what? I, if you want information about this recipe, for example, or this trend, for example, I'm happy to share my thoughts on it, but I'm not going to try to argue it. I'm mm -hmm. not going to try to prove myself anymore. Like I'm done with that. I have references and, um, I don't, I just, there's no point in arguing about it. Like, I don't want to fight with people about keto being healthy. I know it's not. And no one's going to unseat me at this point. Nothing is going to unseat me. I mean, I, I look at the research every single day and nothing has done anything but strengthen and fortify the information, the database that's continued to grow exponentially. So I feel like I'm, I'm so um, clear on what, what is and of course, always open. Like, I love and respect Colin Campbell so much because He's a scientist, and he went in there and changed his mind based what on What a novel like, concept. can't be that much. Yeah, right? You know, philosophy, <laughs> face with new information. So, Juliana, I'm responsible for news for the podcast, which comes last. And sometimes we can end that feeling a bit down with all the statistics about what animal-based eating is doing. So I wanted to ask you, because I've had a few people come to me curious, um, if one thing you could talk to a uh, meat eater about if they asked you what piece of advice would you give them if they said hey wh what do you think i should do anytime someone is interested in making this transition if they're plant curious i find it a great opportunity and i'm very excited to help people and i will pour adventure it's so fun like we've been limiting our information and recipes and deliciousness everywhere but my biggest advice is number one stay positive like it is such an fish um, egging ourselves like seven products, seven meat products, like centering our whole plate around one, these seven different things, you know, meat, chicken, dairy, whatever, like just a few ingredients, right? And instead of that, have you ever tried something like jackfruit or beluga <laughs> caviar lentils or um, like red lentils or, you know, dandelion greens? Like there's so many things that you probably have never experienced let your whole palate open up. And when I have published my books, I'm like, look for recipes around the world because there's so many delicious plant-based staples around the world. Or you take plant-based staples and you could use flavors and seasonings and spices from around the world and have infinite possibilities. So I always say, I want you to eat vegetables, fruits, whole grains, legumes, mushrooms, nuts, seeds, herbs, and spices in infinite tasty combinations. So you could take the same bowl of rice and beans and create a completely you know, Mexican version of that with some cilantro and some salsa and some guacamole, or you could turn it into a curry dish and you could make it with a little bit of a curry cream sauce and other types of vegetables. And there's so, and there's so many different ways you could do this with so many different things. And, and then you get all the wonderful benefits. So I always want to look at the positive in terms of what are you adding to your diet? And, and then, and then how do you feel, you know, like all the different things. And then I really like to take away the pressure. Like it's not, nothing has to be perfect. There's no such thing. I don't even know what a perfect <laughs> diet is. There is no such thing. So I always encourage people not to let perfection get in the way of progress. And every meal, just eat more plants. You don't have to be vegan. You don't have to wear, you know, choose non-animal clothing or like none of that has to happen. You go with what matters to you. And I think if you let people have that permission to explore and see it as like an adventure and positive, I think that's just much more friendly. And I think that's, I've tried to step away from, I think what I did at first was I was so passionate about it that I wanted everyone to follow my footsteps and everyone should be vegan and everyone should do it this way. And I realized that that's, that's not going to help the most amount of people. And the, I know that a plant-based diet is the most effective diet for long-term health, for reducing risk of chronic disease, for everything, everything, immune function, everything. It's just been this one size fits all diet. And like I said, results are typical. In 17 years, I see clients get off their medications that they were supposed to be on for the rest of their lives. That's what I was taught in grad school is try to mitigate the escalation of use and necessity of medications and treatments and, you know, to try to avoid it getting worse. But no, we're actually getting people off of their meds, like the diagnoses go away. They're no longer a lifelong hypertensive or a diabetic type two diabetes. I've seen this happen time and time again. People with lifelong chronic conditions resolved within days or weeks of, of eating this way. So, you know, once you start and you start to see how good it feels, it's like this self-perpetuating beautiful 
you know, cycle where you just kind of want to do it more and just want to like, how do I get, get more greens into my diet and all of those things. So just start with one meal and it's one choice at a time and yeah, everybody it's matters. It's so interesting when you, you think about like, like health and, and science. And for some reason, when we're faced with this, uh, this, you know, moment of, you know, is what I'm doing or what I have been doing wrong. It's like this, um, this insecurity that people have in, um, you know, and I come from a, a background of uh, working at a gym and I see, you know, there's so many like, I'm speaking in generalities here, but women that will say, oh, you know, I want to lift weights because I'm going to get bulky. And I, I feel like not only is that false, but, you know, uh, I feel like maybe men will look at a, a vegan diet as well. Oh, I don't want to get all scrawny. And, and we know that that's not necessarily the case and how that works. So, like, what do you say when, when you know, something like that happens, like that, that mentality and that, that insecurity? Right. Well, I think I could tell people everything and I could tell them exactly what's going to happen and how it works. And I've got, now that I do so much weight loss, I have so many success stories with weight loss transformations and I have it down to such a science where it's like, I could predict wow. exactly what's going to happen with all my clients. It's so predictable. Same with eating this way. So I think that, um, I think that I could say whatever I could say and empower them with information, but it has to come from experience. Like, first of all, you have to want it. You have to be curious enough to want to try it. And then you start to get the experience of it and you start to feel the difference. And that starts to kind of validate all the stuff that's out there. And then you, and then it builds upon itself. So, you know, there's myths and then there's science and, you know, and again, same thing. I, I started at the gym too with the, you know, and I still, every time I'm at the gym, I overhear the whole protein, all the, all the stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much misinformation out there. So it's like, you know, what do you do? It's like, there's, I, I always call myself a nutrition myth debunker. Cause that's what I spend most of my days doing is debunking these myths. But until you really experience it viscerally, uh, then nobody could. I would think because Eric, Eric brings up the word insecurity. I would think that you're feeling pretty secure. So we follow you on Instagram, the photos that were up there. I think it was today. There's Juliana in a black bikini. Um, and you look absolutely amazing. And so getting there though, I mean, was, was a process though, right? I mean, it had to be, um, you know, something you talk about weight loss, you talk about this, you talk about that, but, um, let's, let's talk about the, the, the process and how you came to the conclusion of a whole food plant-based diet, because that's a little bit different than plant-based or vegan. You could be a junk food vegan. I've done it, you know, where you're eating Oreos and potato chips and French fries, and you could be a junk food vegan, or you can go the whole food plant-based route, which is different, isn't it? Uh, can you explain the, the, the differences for people that don't quite understand what whole food plant-based means? Yeah. So when I started this 17 years ago, and then I was asked to write my first book, there was no such thing as a, a junk food vegan. We, there was no ice cream, cookies, candies, cakes, burgers. Fr like there was not that. It was tofu, beans, it was vegetables, fruits, whole grains, legumes, mushrooms, nuts, seeds, herbs, and spices. And so when I was writing my first book, I wanted to explain what I would call, because I interviewed and I, I spent a lot of time with T. Colin Campbell, and he's the one that coined whole food plant-based. That's his term. And I call him the father of modern nutrition because of all of his work. But I wanted to explain it in a way that would be, because it was an idiot's guide. My first book was an idiot's guide. So you try to simplify everything. Oh, it just did the same thing here. Okay, you want me to keep going? Though? Okay. So I defined, and this is how I defined it. And again, anyone could define anything in so many ways. Right? You could, people, again, there's always wiggle room for interpretation with everything. Even the hardest course science, there's room for interpretation because all science is interpreted at some level. So I defined, and it was, it's great that I defined it back then like this because it holds true even more now. Uh, I said I didn't want to write the book, Complete Idiot's Guide to Vegan Nutrition. That was my assignment. And I petition to have it changed to the complete it is guide to plant-based nutrition for many reasons. And this is one of them. Um, a vegan diet means I do not eat animals. I eat anything but animals based products. Okay. And usually there's some ethical implications in there. I don't wear animal products. I don't buy animal products, but I'm not an ethicist. I'm not a moralist. It's not my department. I stay in my lane. I'm a dietitian. So a whole food plant-based diet, what I love that Colin defined it, it means I eat a diet based on whole plant food. So it's inclusive. It's like, what do you eat rather than what you don't eat? Because now as that has evolved, and here we are in this 2022 where anything you could eat, I could eat vegan. 
I have people for the first time in the last five, maybe five to seven years, maybe more than that, since all of these products evolved on the marketplace, which we were all the vegans were cheering. Yay. We have vegan ice cream too. Look, we get a vegan hot dogs and cheese. We can have a vegan blah, 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 all anything. And everyone was celebrating this, but I do not celebrate it so much because these people are now coming to me that have been vegan for years that have the same or very similar health issues as the omnivores I've been seeing this whole time. So I'm seeing people that are obese or want to, are having high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high blood sugars, all sorts of things, immune conditions, inflammatory conditions. So the message there is it doesn't matter if it's animal free as much as it matters what you're consuming. Because there's two parts to this coin. What happens when you eat more plants? You're not consuming the animal products that have all the saturated fat and dietary cholesterol, heme iron, blah, blah, blah. But you're also flooding your system with phytonutrients and fiber that are found exclusively in plants. So it's a win-win coin that you want to take in. But you do have to stick to whole foods. Now, those products are fine. Again, there's no such thing as perfection. So if you want to have a, I call it a day of deliciousness, you know, it's your birthday. It's a holiday. Nice. You really want to enjoy a tofurkey on Thanksgiving. Enjoy every bite of it. And don't be guilt. Don't feel bad about it. Enjoy and savor it. It should be delicious. Life should be delicious and savored. As long as you get back on eating your staple diet based on whole plant foods, you will still see all these incredible Absolutely. Foods. You know, I, I said up at the top that uh, you were on the Dr. Oz show, on the Steve Harvey show. I got a couple questions about that before we let you get out of here. And one is, is Steve Harvey as funny in person as he seems <laughs> on TV? Because I think he's absolutely hilarious. And number oh, yeah. two... Conversely, then, is Dr. Oz as mean as he looks on TV? Because he always looks mean to me. And I, I just, uh, I, I figure I, I gotta find out from you. <laughs> you want me to do some tea on these Yes. Okay, I will say this. I love Steve Harvey, but I only spent time with him. It was all live. It was a live audience, but it was such an amazing experience because here's what that whole, I did that episode, that show once. And that show was we had a we is me and it was someone on a paleo, a paleo expert and then a holistic nutritionist. And we got a participant and we got to put them through a program for a month. And I was coaching my my vegan. Um, she lives in Chicago, but I was coaching her from L.A. And it was such a fun experience. Like she had amazing results. And so we were on there to kind of like sum up our all of our experiences. And yeah, he's adorable. I mean, Steve <laughs> I only had a few minutes with him on stage. Dr. Oz, I was on his show three times. The first time he was like, I couldn't believe this happened. I was sitting in my kitchen making a big holiday dinner for my family and my phone rang and I never answer a phone when I don't know who it's from, but it was a New York area code and I don't know why I picked up. Like, hi, this is a such and such producer from the Dr. Oz show. Would you like to come on our show and talk about your new book? And I was like, this is real. <laughs> And I'm like, I remember holding up the phone and jumping up and down. I'm like, this is the most incredible opportunity. Hell yeah. And it turned into like, I had a half an hour. I had three segments. We put people in a zoo. I don't know. It was his idea to put them in a zoo and feed them raw food for a couple of days. And we parameters. And then I got to come on and I got to cook for him and I got to meet them. And it was like one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Cause it was, you know, they're flying you to New York and it's like, it was so much fun. Um, and he's very professional and he's, extraordinarily professional and i actually now i've interviewed his wife a few times because we had a tv show on the same network like she had the lisa Oz show i had what would juliana do on the same network i don't remember who came before or after but so i've interviewed her a couple times so you know i i don't i don't i saw him as very serious and focused and i, I was very impressed with him. love it how do you like doing the the podcast that you host i mean you've had some people on that we've also had on you've had alexandra paul on from baywatch and dotsy bausch and we absolutely love them in fact i'm wearing my switch for good t-shirt today uh as well and i i think they're great and you recently just had rip esselstyn on who um by the way our show is named after the real men e-plants podcast from forks over knives when he was going up the pole how do you how do you like it from that end instead of being interviewed viewed uh being the interviewer how is how is that float your boat what, what do you think about that well rich when you reached out to me i was literally prepping for my interview with rip again that day so wild so i mean i love it i've been interviewing people my entire career like i started when i started in 2009 2010 i wanted to make a movie about this information because it was so powerful. And so that's when I went and met T. Colin Campbell and Joel Furman. And I interviewed 
um, Gene Bauer. And I, I was like, I went around the country, me and my, my co-producer and we interviewed and I just started interviewing people. I had, I had a TV show where I did a wellness talk show and I interviewed all sorts of experts, 39 episodes. So like, I don't know, a hundred interviews. And then I've done a couple, this is my second podcast. I love it. I love talking <coughs> to people. I've learned so much and I love everyone's perspective. And I really, I love um, building on what I know and, and, you know, and even when there's people that I don't agree with, there's always some wisdom that you can confer from everyone. I think, you know, if you go in there with this attitude of what can I learn from everyone, everyone will teach you something. I find it such a great opportunity to have more conversations. Yeah, it's, it is great stuff. Juliana, where can everybody find you um, as far as like uh, on the Internet, social media? Where can they get your books? If you can, please enlighten everyone where they can get your stuff. Thank you for asking. So everything is all centered at plantbaseddietitian.com. You can find my books. You can find my, the podcast is a Choose You Now podcast. All my books are on Amazon. They're all still, you can find that from my website too. And then social media, I'm either, so Facebook, I'm plant-based dietitian. Twitter, I'm plant dietitian. Instagram, I'm Juliana Hever. My name is so hard to spell, so I try to stay away from my, my name. But, um, and then TikTok, I think it's also my name. I just started on there. YouTube is also my name. But yeah, it's either Julia. All of that is aggregated on plant-based dietitian. Love it. And by the way, again, yes, if you are a red-blooded male, you are going to love to follow Juliana on Instagram. I'm telling you, the pictures (laughs) are fantastic. Not in a creepy way, Juliana. I'm a happily married man. I'm just saying. I go there for the information. Exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, (laughs) it, it. it is excellent stuff. Hopefully you go away feeling good about yourself because you should. Um, and we loved, absolutely loved having you on. There's recipes on there as well. Uh, I, I did make the uh, blueberry pancakes that are on there. Absolutely love them. I love a good pancake recipe. Um, so you can find recipes, all kinds of good stuff. Um, get the books, get everything um, as you can because it's excellent stuff. Juliana, thank you so much. Thanks for bearing with us for some of the uh, problems that we had here, uh, technical difficulties, but I'm going to make it look uh hopefully as good as you look so um thanks again for being on thank you so much i appreciate it thank you so nice to meet you all welcome to shilor select the whole system will be ready in a few minutes take your seat and enjoy everyone has a story that's built on thousands of hows whys and what's join myself Chris Sheeler, as I dive into how people live their lives, why they do what they do, and what goes through their mind while they do it. If you love learning and what makes people tick, my podcast, Sheeler Select, has you covered. New episodes every Monday. Find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or just anywhere you get a podcast. She's a mom with vegetables. She's so delectable. The cows and pigs, she set them free. Can't you see? She's a hot chickpea. Veggie stew, just for you. Sit on down, there's these or two. All right, we have had nothing but technical difficulties all day today. I guess that is the news, but with the real news, here is Sarah Carlson. Sarah, take it away. I wish I could understand the technical ones, but this news is much more fun. Well, Rich, it is your favorite day of the year. Burger Day, it 2022. Is? Oh, that, uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked about Burger King's new attempt at vegan options. Though we don't really love fast food, this is something to be talked about. Today, the chain is giving away 10,000 plant-based vegan Whoppers in honor of National Burger Day. However, I hate wow. that. <laughs> um, it's It's in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> of course. It so is. we may have some listeners in the UK. If so, you know, get ready. <laughs> They're giving it away. They're By the way, away. I do like, 
I do all yeah. kinds of burgers. And, you know, the, the thing is, uh, like, I do mushroom burgers. I do black bean burgers. I do veggie burgers. I do, like, veggie Thai burgers. There's lots of ways to do burgers up on National Burger Day that doesn't incl- include any kind of cow being killed or anything like that. So uh, there is good stuff. And even more than doing, like, impossible patties or beyond patties, um, there are ways to do burgers. So um, yep. just so My favorite new one is mind. the falafel. Uh, my wife, my wife did attempt these <clears throat> falafel burger. Right. Yeah, I had a falafel burger. I'll I have to try that, or just or just plain falafel. That's fine too. But someone put yeah. it into a patty and made it a burger, and I went, "All right, I'll take that." Money sauce, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So what else? What so else anyway, with, with Burger Day, I'm sorry, I totally cut you off on Burger Day. That's all right. I'm used to it, Rich. So anyway, they're giving away the Whoppers as well as these vegan Royales. I don't think we have this here. It's the uh, vegan patty topped with iceberg lettuce and vegan mayo on a sesame seed bun. So they're really going at it with a second um, product. And, And this is certified by the UK's Vegan Society because it's not, hear me, not cooked on the same grill or space as the animal-based option. So, um, again, Burger King aiming to be 50%, 50% meat-free by 2030. Now, I don't know if that's just in the UK. I mean, again, this came from vegnews.com, but I'll take it. Now, that's that's uh, that's menu options if you think about it. So you don't have you don't have to pick them, Eric, whichever one. This is my my favorite part of the story. Interesting. <laughs> they did a survey it found that 66% of customers are reluctant to try the plant-based options, okay, in general. And then 51% of meat eaters said they wouldn't even try a plant-based burger if it were free. Now, come on. Really? A bite of it? Wow. Is it going to really? hurt you? Yeah. You can, I think that's you can just try, take stubborn. a bite and throw it in the garbage if you want. Like, you're not going to try it. Like, okay. <laughs> it's so, not yeah, going to hurt you. Again, the, well, like we, we talked about earlier, like, you know, in our interview about, you know, there's like that insecurity of like, oh, I gotta, I have to continue to eat meat because that's what men do. And it's like, that's obviously what we're trying to kind of go against the grain with the whole podcast. But still it's, uh, if you're not open-minded with that, then, you know, your wife's probably pissed. But yeah, I remember well, way yeah. back <laughs> in like 1992, I was in college in, at Illinois State University, and these soy farmers came in, and they wanted to give us like soy ice cream, and it was free. Uh, you just tried it out, soy ice cream instead of regular ice cream, and I learned really quick, like even in 1992, like, huh, this tastes like ice cream. It was fine. And I don't know why you wouldn't try it. I mean, this was 30 years ago and I was open enough or open-minded enough to even give that a taste. If it's free, why the hell wouldn't you even take a bite for free? That doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't make sense. And it doesn't tell me who was um, questioned here in the survey. So who knows? It could have been too many stubborn people of a different generation of one. I don't know. I don't want to get into that. So I get myself in yeah, trouble. Or, or they're afraid they're going to like it. Well, That's there you go. They're going to like it. Yeah. Yeah. They're afraid they're going to oh, like it. Yeah. That my friends will hate on me because yeah, I exactly. tried something right. new. They'll, they'll make fun of me. All right. Our next story. I love this. And you may already know about it. Perhaps we've talked a bit, but Kevin Hart, who's known to be vegan, wants his Vegan fast food chain. He is starting his own fast food chain called Heart House. And he says in the headline, he wants this restaurant to be as big as McDonald's. And he's going to try his best to get it on every corner if he can, again, eventually. So he's opening um, in Los Angeles with many more in the works, of course. He was on the Late Late Show with James Corden recently. He talked about his inspiration behind the push. He says... He's been plant-based a while, which we know, um, feels there's a misunderstanding, which we've talked so much about here, but there's a misunderstanding about what the world of plant-based is and should be. In other words, why a hard house on every corner and not a McDonald's or as well as a McDonald's? We hope eventually in place of, but um, yeah, so this is a partnership between heart and some creative entrepreneurs as well as chefs who know what they're doing and they want to have plant-based chicken, burgers, uh, nuggets, fries, um, shakes, you name it. So it won't just be 
a few things on the menu. It will be everybody is plant-based or everything on the menu rather is plant-based. Yeah. Also well, and, giving and I, back. I was looking, you know, I saw this, this on the, um, online about, you know, Kevin Hart doing all this different stuff and, and trying to, uh, to let people know about, you know, this, this new restaurant chain. And, and, and first of all, like it's, you get someone who's a really cool, uh, be popular and uh, in very good shape. And I think those three things together make for a compelling argument for like that endorsement. But then also yep. like, I hope this doesn't come off like the wrong way, but you know that the white people do what is cool and the white people will do. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, hold on. The first, that is like the rule, right? You have to get, I, I'm, like, I'm here. It was, uh, I'm here you ever here. seen the office? Like you have to get the black people to join the gym first. Like, yeah. so you get Kevin Hart to do like a vegan, you know, burger and plant-based stuff like that. <laughs> and you're going to get the white people to do it. White people love Kevin Hart. I know. So, Why is that? Okay, am, I li- right. am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Every, everybody I, I, I'm, loves I'm trying him. to figure this out. Everybody loves him, but I totally right. hear you. And so <laughs> There's something about that. So, that and, and if Kevin Hart's doing it, it's cool. And then that's what's going to get white people to do it. This is, this is the theory. That's it's solid. I got some evidence to back it up. I think. Yeah. I don't okay. think it's so bad. All right. And and by the way, it's called Heart House. Uh, to me, I'm not sure I'm nuts about the name of it, but I don't care because it sounds really cool, and the article was cool, and I wish him all the best and hope we see a Heart House in the Midwest where we land or we sit right now. Well, the upcoming U.S. Open won't see 21-time Grand Slam champion Novak Djokovic. Do I have that right? Novak Djokovic. Yeah, yeah, you got it right. I think I have it. (laughs) Similar. Oh, Eric's just shaking his head. I'm just saying. We all know. You know what? It is is so hard to do. and, And I tell you. Some of those names. So we had the Croatian team play in the U18 Women's World Hockey Championships, and I was doing the public address announcing for it over at at La Arena. (laughs) What was funny, so I I had the Finnish team, the Swedish team, the Croatian team, uh, the Czech team was there. Now, they didn't once give me a pronunciation guide for any of the teams. I did not get one. I asked for a pronunciation guide, was never given one, and I just won ahead with my pronunciation. So it was kind of funny. It was like the last day of the tournament. Finland was playing Sweden for like third place for the bronze medal game. And a representative from the Finnish team came over and asked me if I had a pronunciation guide. And I'm like, no, I've been asking you guys for it. She goes, no, no, that's not what I mean. She goes, you've been saying the names perfectly. And I'm like, oh my god! I thought Shut I was up. butchering it all week <laughs> no. long. And 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 what was funny is like like all the like Nordic names from like you know Sweden and and Finland. I was doing with like a little bit of a Swedish accent, <laughs> you know, like what when you're doing like you know the, the the only Swedish person I know is like the Swedish chef Swedish or chef. something like that, you know, door to door. And um, so I was trying to put like a little bit of that kind of accent in it, and it worked perfectly. I got their names right, and the nice. only basis that I was using is like yeah you know my wife teaching me polish along the way and knowing that some had polish pronunciations somehow. and it helped somehow it really did oh yeah, um, oh, yeah. so anyways so yeah. then we're Novak gonna go with rich's uh, pronunciation guy. Novak Djokovic. so Djokovic, he's, famous, yes. he's famous in the vegan world but most importantly the news the announcement this week that he cannot come to the u.s um because he's not vaccinated against covid so That's currently, right. U.S. rules stipulate that any non-U.S. citizen has to be fully vaccinated in order to get a visa and enter the country. So the 35-year-old Serbian wrote, quote, sadly, I will not be able to travel to New York this time for the U.S. Open. Thanks for your messages of love and support. And he just continues to wish fellow players and others good Maybe luck. Maybe he should have just said he was immunized. No, yeah, maybe yeah like go. Aaron Rodgers or something know. like that. It, yeah. Yeah, uh, it worked for him for a long time. Okay, but so 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 how do you how do you guys feel about that? I, I want to get your opinions first because I've got an opinion on this, but I, I want to know how do you guys feel about that? Dude can't play because he's not vaccinated against COVID. He can't even enter the country. What do you guys no. feel? About uh, that? And this see, before you before your opinion, just so you know, he was deported from Australia in January for the same um, 
reason, and then missed uh, a couple of other competitions. So this isn't the first time the lack of vaccine has done it. But go ahead, Eric. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's a there's a certain like obviously there's a level of safety that needs to be taken into account. But think about what things are like right now. You go to a concert. A lot of places will say you either have to show your vaccination card or show a negative test results within like the last few days or whatever. So, I mean, it's a larger scale than just going to your local like concert venue. But maybe it should be something like that instead of like a black and white. Type see, of thing. now I could see having to show a negative test result. Like you should have to not test positive for COVID. That would be great. Okay. What I don't understand is one, when you take the vaccine, does it prevent you from getting COVID? No, no, no. Okay. All right. So, okay. So, so no, it doesn't. When you take the vaccine, does it prevent you from spreading COVID to somebody else? No, no. Okay. So, Hmm. Why the fuck does it matter whether or not dude is taken? Right, uh, the lowers okay. the risk of you developing bad symptoms for yourself, correct, but it doesn't correct. lower the risk of anybody else getting COVID. So whether or not he has a COVID vaccine doesn't protect anybody else. So it's only a measurement to protect himself against serious COVID problems, right? Am I? And I'm, spreading I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. I think anyone. But my opinion yeah, on that well, is anyone else the reason the law is there is because it could spread to other people. So he may not. Yeah, but whether or not he has the vaccine, still. yeah, whether or not he has the vaccine, he could still carry it and spread Correct. it. Correct. He could Correct. still transmit it. So why does it matter whether or not he's got the vaccine? I think it lowers the, the risk vaccine? of transmission too, doesn't it? It doesn't. That's no. where I was wondering because I thought that was one of it the things doesn't. they said was maybe it was just because you're not like you know blowing snot out of your nose all the time. Listen, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not anti-vax. I'm not saying don't get the vaccine. What I'm saying is whether or not he has the vaccine isn't going to stop the transmission of it while he's in the tournament. He could still get it. He could still transmit it, even if he was fully. But because vaxxed. his risk of getting it is lower, then he would not transmit it theoretically as. Listen, Easily, there, because there's no way it. that you're transmitting it outside. The U.S. Open is played outside. He won't transmit it there. He could transmit it, I guess, in the locker room, something like that, right. in a contained space like that. But he could also be quarantined. There's plenty of space in a, in a place like how's that. How's he going to do that on a plane? Go, is he well, supposed to take a private jet? Listen, no, here's on how it a goes. plane. I know somebody who had this happen for business purposes, and let's just say this mm-hmm. is his job, clearly. So he flies overseas and then he is Mm -hmm. contained a couple of days and tested Mm -hmm. once or twice um i know right now though they can't force that on everyone who isn't a citizen so they require that they're vaccinated this guy and maybe others there need to be exceptions for but are we saying we're making exceptions for athletes but not someone else who says i have an important and not everybody uh, else and masks on a plane this is something i i still don't get again i'm not anti-vax i'm not saying don't get vax (laughs) i think you should get vax what i'm saying is you go on a plane and you have your mask on and then you're up in the air for 15 20 minutes and what do they do they come around and they give you peanuts and a coke and you're (laughs) sitting there on the plane and you're allowed to take the mask down to take a drink from your Coke and eat the peanuts. And then you're supposed to put the mask right back on. Um, it doesn't work that way. If you're indoors and surgeons will tell you this, you're indoors, they're wearing masks in surgery. The minute that mask comes off their face, they're immediately compromised. So obviously nobody or everybody is compromised on a plane. Because, I know it's always driven me yeah. because you have to have I actually, it because I think recently, you have to have it black or white. Yeah. Because right. if you, if you, if you don't, then some people that really are against it are going to just uh, put up a big fight and you know, you have to, it, it's like, um, it's like the cell phone rule kind of, because it's like technically your cell phone won't cause problems, but there's going to be that one instance where it does. So therefore nobody can have cell phones on it. Right. So, so mm-hmm. what we're doing is we're, we're putting masks on, on the plane to appease everybody's fears yes. rather than because there's a scientific reason right. behind that fact the at all. Because if there, was, if, if there was a scientific reason why the masks actually worked, you wouldn't be allowed to take them off your freaking face. That no. would be the point. You wouldn't be allowed to take them off your face to have a drink and a couple of peanuts or something like that. Or you wouldn't have three years old, three year olds on the plane who are never going to leave their mask on the entire time. And um, worse so, yet, you wouldn't have yeah. the guy with like the nasty beard who wears it here 
under right. I shouldn't, yeah. I shouldn't, under the nose. Like really, well, dude. It, exactly. Yeah. That's a, that's not point. doing anything. So right. So I don't. Again, I don't understand why the top tennis player in the world isn't allowed to come in. And he could take all kinds of precautions. The rest of us can't. He could take a private jet here. He could quarantine. He could go straight from the hotel straight to the to the tennis match, never being in a locker room with anybody else, and then back to his hotel and be quarantined the entire time. And you would never have to worry about any kind of transmission at all. And to me, I don't know what the hell the point of all this is. I don't know who wins who loses I know the, but i think I know it's the just argument. dumb the argument is because if 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 novak Djokovic, who's like up here in like the world has to wear you know like be vaccinated you know if he's not if he's allowed to skirt those rules then the rest of us like lesser right. people if you will are going to have an uproar like well what's he get a pass i should well i have to do it i'm just as important as him you know what i mean so, so like, here's the other thing so as far as skirting it's rules, like the student loan argument right people can have a problem with someone else having a benefit or and you know something better or worse than them have you ever right. talked to like you and eric i'm sure you've had you you've talked to professional athletes okay a lot sure. of professional athletes are worried about everything that goes in their body they worry about nutrition they worry about recovery they worry about working out all right not that plus tattoo guy or whatever but you know. yeah yeah, yeah there, there are always <laughs> a, 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 exceptions to the rule all right but here's the thing they're worried about all of it and they get great information they're not getting information from abc news they're getting it from actual team doctors trainers like people that are in the know okay now if they've decided like jovek nokovic is not a pauper Jovak nokovic or, or novak Djokovic. i'm saying his name wrong again <laughs> novak Djokovic. all right is a multi multi millionaire who makes I mean tens of millions of dollars every single year. He's got the best in. right. best information that you could possibly get out there, and he's decided that he's okay because he doesn't want to miss a tournament because that's how he makes his money. He doesn't want his body to suffer and have long term effects because that's how he makes his money. He's decided after all the information that he's given that he doesn't want to get the vaccine. So well, maybe just maybe. He knows more than you or I do who don't make tens of millions of dollars a year and don't have access to the same kind of information that Novak Djokovic has. No, so I the argument know. against that, the argument against that is Kyrie Irving because he's a moron and he's a fucking, <laughs> you think he's got access to the, the same medical professionals he, that he does, but he thinks the earth is flat. So I don't know what right. to believe well, with that guy. I, 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 don't I think know, that's Rich, more think of a joke. Right. I think these guys and gals have more information. They're more knowledgeable as far as what's in their body and nutrition and health overall. Um, I would ask them a question before many other people, but I don't know that they know something more about COVID. And I think because we had a pandemic that shut the damn world down, there's a rule and we're sticking to it right now. And everybody goes, okay. And the guy says, all right, everybody, good luck. See you next time. So he's not mad because there's a rule and people are following them right now because it I hate to say that the pandemic ended, I'm knocking on wood, but because we're ending the panic element or era of this pandemic. Yeah, and, and, and there is there, there is panic, but I think we, we have gone past that, and that's why I'm still not understanding this Novak Djokovic story at all. Like, I still don't get it. I, well, I, I, I don't get understand. Is why he won't admit, admit that he's vegan. This is the part that, uh, to follow he's, up on this, I'm kind of <laughs> Oh, sure. yeah, we were he does hate. He does hate talking about it. He doesn't like talking about it, apparently. Yeah. He shuns the vegan label, but apparently he was in the Game Changers in 2018. And it's a it's a yep. Well, here's and and I think this is this is the difference, and and, and we've talked about it a couple times on the show, yeah. but we really haven't gone into depth into it. Maybe we'll have to do it in another segment that we're not dragging out like the news segment here. <laughs> but um, the the thing is, there's a difference between plant based and vegan, and so and I think um, you know Juliana was talking about it a little mm -hmm. bit as well. So vegan also in you know kinds of conjures up. I'm not going to wear leather shoes, and I'm not going to have a leather handbag, and I'm not going to have anything with fur. 
or there's ethical issues that are involved with veganism that are yeah. not involved with plant-based and plant-based is just, I'm not going to eat animal products. And usually people that go plant-based are more or less for health reasons. Um, and you'll see a lot of athletes do it now and stuff like that. In fact, it's, it's becoming more and more uh, pervasive across athletics. Um, but you, I think that's the difference. And I think, so if you ask him if he's vegan while he's wearing leather tennis shoes, he might look like a hypocrite where meanwhile, he's actually mm-hmm. plant-based and doing it because of the fact that he thinks it gives him an edge as a tennis player, which maybe he does, or maybe it does. I mean, you know, Serena's plant-based too. Uh, and Serena Williams was the number one tennis player in women's tennis for a long time. Um, Venus, her sister's plant base, and Novak Djokovic is plant. In fact, both guys that were in the finals at Wimbledon this year were both plant based athletes. So hmm. maybe it does give them an actual edge. But I think when you get into that difference between vegan and plant based, I think that's where they don't want to talk about it as much because it's easy to find vegan hypocrites, but it's a lot harder to find plant based ones. And I think maybe. Maybe that's my theory. At least that is a good theory. So, okay. Anyways, we we've gone way over on the news. Um, (laughs) I'm just glad by the way, seriously, not that this episode was bad. It just was a technical difficulty nightmare. We are going to have to do much, much better tomorrow and we will try to do that so we will see you then again remember to subscribe to our podcast go to realmanyplants.com as well and support the show there and find us all over social media and all of that good stuff and remember to give to paul's party as well guys thanks for hanging in there with me today i know it was a little bit frustrating and we will do it all again next time we'll we'll see you on sunday yep see ya.